Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. We have got the trade wrap. The week is over, Miller. It's, uh, it's done and dusted and uh, we're going to jump into all the deals that happened and uh, how every club's sort of fallen out of this trade period. Yes, well, a lot of talk, no action from a couple of clubs, which, as you said, Kat, we'll get to soon. But some nice deals going through, some good additions, um, some interesting comments on the run sheet about some certain players, but I'm very excited uh, to get stuck into it for sure. Alex Doherty, we've heard a few comments out of a couple of the clubs uh, this morning talking about who's gone where and things like that. Peter Bell, a bit outspoken about Jordan Clark, and I'm sure Brendan McCartney will have some choice comments in the coming days about the Giants' mm. trades and the boys that didn't get elsewhere. Yes, look, it's, it's not an off-season t- unless we hear from Peter Bell, is it, Cat? Now, <laughs> um, look, it, well, true, true to popular form, you know, we were here last this time last week saying mm. that all these deals are getting done, and, you know, what, you know, what sort of boring trade period are we talking about? But then... Uh, we saw deadline day last uh, last night, and uh, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, there were a few of them that went through, and I guess we'll um we'll touch on the ones from deadline day boys first because that was the the big one. And firstly, of course, the the one that we've been waiting on, Miller, the the big name, the big fish, one of our favourite sons in Dorso, Jordan Dawson, finally found his way to the Crows for a future first round pick tied to Melbourne. Which to me is going to be surely that's going to be a fifteen to eighteen range pick. Diesel will be right up in the top four again. Do we reckon it's fair, boys? I'll start with you, Miller. If it's fair compensation oh. for the Swans, yeah, it's it's a great question, Cat. Um, everyone here rates Jordan Dawson incredibly highly, and you can see why the Crows sorted it after him for many reasons. An elite user by foot, and and he can play anywhere on the field, wing, half, forward, back. Uh, he could play ruck, I suppose, if you had to, if he was playing for the Bulldogs. But I think that, um, you know, he's a, he's a talented player, no question. So, yeah, I, I pretty much agree, Kat. I, I, there's no reason why the Ds are going to fall off. So I think they'll be um, – I think the lowest they'll finish anywhere is probably six. So I don't think they'll even – I think they'll be top four. So I think Dawson's worth more than, more than that to them, Doc. Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring that up because I was sort of having discussions with a few people uh, yesterday about the deal and I thought, you know – Look, when you when you first look at it, yeah, future first, which probably will amount to a pick between fourteen to eighteen, mm. um, depending on where Melbourne finish next year. You know, it it, it sounds like it's fair. You know, it, I, I don't agree that he's worth the pick four, but then you, but then when you have those had those discussions, it's like, oh well, you look at where you put Dawson in into this year's draft. If you had put him in here, you'd probably take him top ten. Yeah, well, so, I, I think he's worth probably ten to twelve. As a, pick, as a pick, I'd say. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say he's probably around that ballpark now. Um, yeah. That versatility well. definitely holds him really well, Doc, where he's got a number of positions across the ground where he can play really good footy, and he's proven that across the past couple of years. Yeah, and, and you look at him now, he's, he, he's going he's gonna to make Adelaide such a better team next year, especially when you've got you know a, a guy like Brody Smith who's still kicking on, was playing really good football at the back end of this year as well, and... You know, Paul Seedsman, the number one wingman in the comp, by rated by many, uh, not not by the All Australian selectors, <laughs> but um, it, 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 they're gonna they're gonna be a very uh, very threatening team next year, boys. The, mm. the Crows. And, where and where Dawson... do we see Doc those guys on the wing now? We've got we know Dawson can play a wing role, um, but you've got the likes of as you say Smith, Seedsman, Lucky Shoals in the wings as well, who we know he's going to be a star of the outside for the Crows in the future. So. I, I do wonder if there's a bit of a, a question mark for Manny Nix as to where he's playing all these guys uh, come round one next year. Well, I, I think you've got to either look at either one of Smith or Dawson on on the other wing because I don't I don't think you'll be moving Seedsman anywhere. 
No. And uh, and I think you'll be um and uh, the other one will probably be positioned at half back. But the thing is though, they can chop and change if it doesn't work. Absolutely. Like, and I think that's the biggest thing that they can take out from this is their versatility of you know swapping players around because I think. You know, you look you look at both Smith and Dawson. I think they're probably some of the best ball users in the comp. You know, mm. by foot. Um, and so looking and and you look at it like that re- regard. They need. I reckon they they'd love to have somebody like like a Dawson that sets up play off halfback. I'm not quite sure who's who exactly sets it up now. Now that mm. Laird's not there anymore, he's, mm. he's stationed more in the, more on the inside, and Smith was playing more in the wing this year as well. I wouldn't mind seeing Shoal and um, and Smith as halfbacks, Cat. I wouldn't like if you're going to start Dawson and Seedsman on the wing, which I, I wouldn't mind either. And then you can mm. chop and change easier. You can move uh, um, Shoal onto the wing, and then I think Seedsman will be the one outlier that will probably stay on the wing regardless. But you can rotate yeah. those three of Dawson, Smith, and Shoal. So good, good issue to have, Cat, because as we're talking <laughs> about, our outside players are quality wingmen are hard to come by, and the Crows have got great talented ones for sure. Yeah, I like that call of Seedsman and Dawson as the starting wingers. They're both a bit taller, 190 and 192. Mm. So they've got that really strong marking capability. And actually, I was looking through some of the stats and the Crows were ranked bottom four for marks across 2021. So having those guys up on the wings, I think, for that uncontested ball on the outside delivering inside 50 will help massively. And they're going to be such a good team to watch next year. The Crows, this young group is going to start coming on and I can't wait to see what Nixie does with them next year. The other big part of the deadline day yesterday, boys, was the ruck merry-go-round. Four different ruckmen making their way to a couple of different clubs. Two of them arguably probably a bit lucky, one of them in particular. I don't know how they should get a gig <laughs> elsewhere, but the Lions are in desperate need of a, a backup ruckman, Miller. So Darcy fought to the Lions, Jono Segler to the Cats, Peter Adams to the Swans, and Max Lynch to the Hawks. All these moves probably make sense for the clubs. Laddams is probably the most interesting one for me in that mm. I don't know if he wants, still is the starting ruck like he wants to be, especially not ahead of Hickey after last year. Yeah, it's it's a great question, Cat, because that's why he's seek to move, is to play number one ruck. And it's interesting to nominate Sydney, who had, you'd say Tommy, he was easily boys a top three ruck in the comp last year up there with Gorn, and, and you can have a bit of conversation about who you'd have in the third spot. But, but Hickey had a great season, so... It's going to be hard to dislodge him. Um, so I think he'll be playing a similar sort of role at Port. Um, the, Fort, the Fort one interests me, Kat, because Geelong have gone and got a Ruckman anyway. So they've gone and got Segler, who I think is definitely an upgrade mm. on Darcy Fort. But, um, you know, they could have kept Fort and, and saved a pick or two, but maybe they're not fussed about shipping him. But I suppose the big one, Docky, is minimum chips, our mate. Max Lynch is highly rated by by everyone. His game against Melbourne and Adelaide, the two games he played this year, particularly against Gorn where he beat him, was outstanding and massive upside for a, for a young rebuilding team like the Hawks. Sam Mitchell stole my minimum chips, Miller. <laughs> yes. um, and he's overseasoned them. But I tell you what, overseasoned to a good way because this guy's going to get a lot of games next year and it's great to see. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I, th- I think a club like Hawthorne is, is perfect for him. I mm. think he'll get... He'll get most. He'll get a huge bulk of games next year playing playing the number one ruck. I think um, McAvoy, you probably suspect would still play centre half back. Or he's la- he's last year. Next year, do you reckon? Um, if it, oh, it'd be hard to say. It'd be hard to say uh, no. Mm. Um, I think I think this year sort of showed that he's looking a little bit. He's looking a step or two slow for the game. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was just sort of pedalling back on Laddams for a second as well. It's interesting because I think. 
Hickey's been in the system now for quite a while, and yeah, he had his great, he had his best year this year, and I, I think Laddams is looking at it long term. Uh, mm. It was it was a four year deal. I think he signed uh, last night, yeah, as well for, to to jump on board the Swam train. So I, I, I like the move. I think it's a really good move. I mean, we've seen this year that Laddams can present himself up forward as well, and I think he'll get I think he'll get gifted a lot of games next year as well in in the ruck during the year. It's a long year. We all know that, and. Seeing that happen, I, I like the deal a lot. And I was going to ask you as well, both of you boys, but I know Cat's a big fan of Hayden McLean. What happens with him mm. now, Cat? Because buddies are given down there every week. Um, and then finding a blend between um, McLean and Laddams and then, re- and then obviously Hickey and Laddams were interchange. How, how do you see that working out? Yeah, the forward, I think this does raise more questions about the forward line and the ruck structure because you look at the the tools that they've got there as well. You didn't even mention McDonald and Amadi as well, yeah, Miller, yep. who are very much in that mix too. And you can only have really one ruckman resting forward if you've got those guys in there. So it is an interesting question. I've spoken to a few Swan supporters about it, Doc, and I think it seems as though next year they almost want Buddy to really wrap up and I think for me the ideal situation for the Swans next season is Buddy's last year they're pushing for a grand final spot because if they can win a flag finally with with him in there and I think it would it would definitely raise the success of the move overall and I think that they really need to be putting games into these young kids because there's so many tall forwards that need game time and you're going to inevitably lose one or two of these guys if Buddy's still kicking around. Yeah, well, that, that, that's actually quite a good point as well, Cat, because, you know, Logan McDonald was was a top pick last year and he, well, how many games did he play? He probably he didn't play that many. I'll have a look at you, Doc. I, he, I think he might have played maybe, what, seven or eight? I just want to ask you, Doc, then, on McDonald real quick, would, would you possibly toss him in defence for, for a season? Um, oh, look, it's not... not not out of the question. I, I certainly wouldn't. I certainly would entertain it. Mm. But it, it, looking in the grand scheme of things, you know, you'd want to try and get as many games to him as, as a forward as possible. We all mm. we all know what he did in his draft year uh, last year, um, playing Quite. senior footy in WA, and S- he, seven games last year, Doc, for nine goals. Yeah. Well, uh, look, I think I think in in the first couple of years, especially, I think he's I think he's got a, a golden opportunity to learn, you know, from the best, from mm. one of the best that we've seen this century. So I, I wouldn't exactly you know, put it, and we know Buddy's uh, time's running out. Time's running out on Buddy anyway. So look, it's not a bad call. I, I would love to see how he goes next year. He'll probably, he'll get the thousand goals. There's no doubt about it. Um, but if but if he still has that you know forty five fifty goal year because he kicked about forty goals this year on yeah. on about on about sixteen seventeen games. Yep. You know why why wouldn't he want to go again? Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, in terms of the other moves into the ruck, boys, uh, John Segler, I think, was a good get for the Cats. They needed another ruckman option, and you know, Reece Stanley's not getting any younger. Asava has showed his moments, but as always, he seems to have those one or two good games per year and plays fairly average <laughs> any time else. So I think it's a good move for them, and I think he'll get plenty of games come twenty twenty two. Miller, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Kat. I think that Sigler's definitely an upgrade, but it throws Stanley's spot into, you know, sort of uh, jeopardy because, you know, Stanley was in and out of the side at stages and 
Yeah, I thought he even probably had his best year and he was still in trouble, I think, in and out of the side. So I think starting the year, we'll see Segler as, as the number one cat and then we'll see Asava as a swing man. So, but one man that won't be no longer at Geelong, uh, but cats are rather happy about Doc, is Darcy Ford. <laughs> um, a lot of, lot, of, lot of questions about, you know, Brisbane, this pickup. Obviously, mm. a second ruck is required because I think that, you know, Big O, they like him floating forward and, you know, getting a bit of a mix-up. But the questions are over Darcy Ford, uh, his ability to play forward, boys. I'm not sure if if he's going to be able to, you know, play down there. I, t- I tell you what, I've never I've never seen our man Cat go after a player quite like Darcy Ford. Um, it, it's truly remarkable. What, what do you uh, like about him, Cat? What do you, what do you anything you like about him? Or? Um, I like that he's tall. Uh, no, it's 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 a good. <laughs> the Lions needed to pick up a backup ruck option. I think we're all in agreement with that. Um, yeah, no, like spot on. We saw we saw young Ballenden come in um, last year, and he struggled at times. So I, I think they Fullerton as well. Yeah, Fullerton too. Um, they both are obviously not quite ready to be shouldering that load, um, and Fullerton especially showed it during the finals that they need another experienced option in there. And as mm. much as as much as we do joke about Fort and he has been sitting behind a lot of players and not been a first choice option for basically his entire career, it's someone who's had senior experience and, you know, needs to someone needs to make an impact in that ruck. You know, Hipwood's gonna be out all year. Matt McEnany probably needs to spend more time forward to help the group. So it's Fort in there round one then, boys. <sighs> It is a difficult one because I'm not sure who else comes in for Hipwood if you're not putting yeah, um, uh, yeah. McInerney down in the forward line. Uh, well, yeah, it is interesting. Like, I, th- I think a lot of people discredit the fact that Fort had such a good year in, in the VFL as well. I think I think he won Geelong's best mm. and fairest as well, pl- playing as playing as a ruck. But that, I think the thing that I've seen a couple of games this year from Darcy Fort, the thing that's actually sort of impressed me is his, is his, is his developing craft up forward. Mm. You know, I, th- I, th- I thought he presented himself quite quite strongly at times this year, and 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 I think maybe he does play round one as that sort of second up second up to um the big O or, mm. or, or vice versa, um, and oh look maybe maybe so, but I I, I wouldn't mind I, I would love to see uh, face be a bit more you know show a bit more faith in in guys like Fulton. I mean yeah uh, this year he, this year at stages he definitely looked out of his element but I think there is a lot in him that suggests that I think he can make it mm. as, as, as that sort of second second tall uh, ruck option. I, I suppose the thing as well just before we move on to the um the interesting deal with Jordan Clark situation the, the, all these ruck deals are interesting boys because um obviously there was a couple of pick swaps like it was it was Segler in a future fourth for a Future third, so that's not much that Geelong are giving up. Um, and then Brisbane, you know, they got Fort and a future and, and a third round pick, which is forty this year, and they gave up um, a future third and fifty. So that's not bad either. And then obviously the Max Lynch one is really interesting because it gives a future second to the uh, a future second or two future seconds, sorry, or two future thirds to one from Brisbane and one from um, Hawthorne. So Collingwood, we we spoke about boys need future picks now that they. Sold a lot of them to the Suns. Cat in exchange for Nick Daycos points. Um, <laughs> so look, I think it's in those respective deals it worked out well. And obviously the Laddins mm. one was the big one from sort of a pick swap from twelve to sixteen, and then a future third. So they're all good deals, I think. For value. Yeah, I don't think any club will be too unhappy with how any of those turned out in the mm. end. Um, but one trade that did have a few people unhappy 
uh, was the Jordan Clark deal, which was one that got done on deadline day that we weren't even sure if it was going to get done. Um, reports coming out that he gave <laughs> Stephen Wells a bit of a spray over the phone, Doc, which is um, good news to hear. Um, that he that he put the foot down and said, "I want to get I want to get back over to WA, and you better make a trade happen." Uh, well, <laughs> look, it, it's it's things that you you like to see. It's a little unprofessional, but it's things you like to see. Um, it would be easy look, for him oh. to do, would it, Doc? Though, like Jordan Clark, he, he probably doesn't want to be in that situation where he where he has to do that. I I, I think I, I think there's there's an element of, of of fairness about it though for mine because you mm. look at Jordan Clark's year uh, draft year a couple of years ago he was in that 2018 draft he was high, highly highly rated slid to Geelong's mm. pick which was I think it was in the mid mid tens uh, and and then from there has just not just had not got a fair shake at it and you know if I if I was in Jordan Clark's shoes I'd be um I'd be demanding demanding the first plane back to Perth as well and. You know, good, good on, good on him for um, you know, really, you know, asserting himself for, for that because it wouldn't be easy. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big business. This um, this uh, trade period off season of uh, wheeling, wheelings and dealings, and you know, the, Stephen Wells could have easily just said, "Stuff you, I'll, I'll sell you off to the highest bidder." Mm. Um, but Clark, you know, there's a lot, a lot, of, lot of these, a lot of these players sort of, you know, sort of dictating where they want to go. Mm. Um, but. I think for mine, it good good for him to really you know assert himself and say that yeah I want I want to go to Frio and for what they got from pick twenty two, Frio Frio now walking into this draft with three picks in the top twenty, six six eighteen and nineteen. It's yeah, good. That, it's that, very very it's good. Very good. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing, Cat, because you look at you know Clark has picked fifteen, and then you know. It's been what was it, twenty eighteen draft. So three years later, he's exchanged for twenty two. Mm. He's played thirty games or thirty two games for fifteen goals. So he hasn't hit the fifty or even the forty game mark yet. Like this trade could go either way. I think still. Yeah, I like I like his addition to Frio though. I think um, they probably didn't need. Honestly, I could even see him playing up on the wing. Just thinking about their backline mix, um, he so probably him, him and Ash. Yeah, I like him and Aish as the wingers. They've needed someone to really lift into that role, and we saw Aish do it last year, but without Langdon there, another bit of pace couldn't hurt along the wing. I'd love to see him, yeah, take it by storm, and I think that midfield mix will be really good. We know the, what the likes of, you know, Brayshaw and Sarong and mm. those young guys all have been getting up to, um, and they're building so nicely. I really like the Frio team for 2022, Doc, and those draftees with those top picks, like you say, are only going to make it better and even more depth to it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm telling you, if this Freo team will, will be in the top eight next year. I'm, I'm, I'm already going to call it. Lock it and, in. And, and a guy like Jordan Clark, who, can, who we know can run all day, he's quick, but he also has a good tank. You know, we, we, we're we quick to forget about, you know, his run against Hawthorne this year and in the in the dying minutes. It was, it was, um, it was fantastic. And for, for him for him to come into this Freo team, I think, I think probably one of the, there's a few deficiencies still with Freo that they need to work out, but I think they've sort of addressed that that need for speed with with mm-hmm. him and with him mm-hmm. and that team. And you know, I like him and Ash on the wing. I don't know what it means for Blake Akers, who I thought was okay on a wing this year, but um, I, 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 I was going to say, Doc, I wouldn't. I'd like to see Akers forward. I think that um, there were questions over a second marking target besides um, Tabana last year, and. I think Blake Akers showed at St Kilda. He's got a great set of hands. He can cover ground, maybe not an exceptional speed, but obviously playing on the wing, he covers a lot of territory. So I think he'd be 
bit of a Josh Caddy 2016 vibe, boys, in terms of a, almost playing as a tall forward in that role. I wouldn't. I think Akers could play really well as that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't mind it. Not, not bad. Not bad. That could see him play a high half forward role. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think he'd. I think he'd be quite good as that sort of bailout option if he's a really good overhead mark. Mm. You know, have, have him have him play up the ground. Keep Tabner deep. Oh, I think. I suppose, oh, like you said, Doc, the, the draft hand is really good for Freo. They got six, eight boys, 19. And then obviously from the Will Brody trade, they got 61 and 69, which are sort of nothing picks, but they could they could nab someone, um, you know, through their academy or whatnot in an 84. So I was going to say, you never know with, um, yeah. I think those picks still have some points to them. So if they want to, you know, talk to someone and say, we'll trade you these for, give you a couple more points or whatever if you need them and we can grab a pick maybe in the 50s or something if they see a mm. a, a diamond in the rough that they want to go after. Great, great you know, call, Kat. Could be something yeah. in that. Well, I was going to say, Jesse Motlop's been uh, linked to Freo as an, as the NGA. If he slides down to that, that pick 19, they could just pick him up and that's it. I don't know where he's sort of projected to go, Motlop. I think his value's been going up in recent weeks, I think top fifteen doc for Motlop. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having him. I'm having him at that fifteen to twenty range. Yeah, so I've like, got him there as well. Yeah, with, with those new NGA rules, I mean, mm. you can't, you can't, you can't accept the bid in the first round. So if he can slide out to that nineteen, yeah, that'd be huge. That, is nineteen part of that first round, or is it? Uh, I think. Let me have a look for you. I've got the, I've got the rounds up here for you, doc. So. No, it's not. Nineteen is the first pick in the second round, which obviously is owned by oh, Frio due to the um the Will Brody trade. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, well, failing that, they could pick somebody else and 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 use those last two picks to get him, and and most likely they'll most likely head into a deficit next year. It is yeah. a great spot to be, though, isn't it, boys? With six, eight, and nineteen mm. in the top twenty, it's, it's yeah. Good. Just just having a little uh, dig here, boys. And CEO of Freo, Simon Garlic, went on radio earlier in September and said that they're looking at a bunch of the WA boys: Erasmus, Jai Miss, Jack Williams, Van Ruyen, obviously Motlop as well. So I would expect them to be going pretty hard at the WA talent. I think with those yeah. picks early. I reckon I'd almost say Johnson's a lock with one of their first picks at six and eight. Yeah. I really love how he goes about his football. You're you're a big you're a big fan of Jai Miss too, Cat. Yes, so. I love. It. I think if if he's available at one of those picks, they've definitely got to go for him, no doubt. Um, but I let's was, have a look back, boys. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'll just, I'll just have real quick, Cat. Just looking at the points because I know you're a big fan of the point system. Mm. Sixty-one and sixty-nine add up to roughly about 200, 200 odd points. So. That's oh, about 185. So that's enough probably still to put some pressure on, on the club there. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Like I said, bundle that for a higher pick. That's, well, that's right. just a couple of points less or something. And Yeah, well, that yeah, roughly, equ- roughly equates to about a pick 57 if they were to trade both mm. those for points, Martin. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with those. We'll have a look at some of the guys that were traded before deadline day. Robbie Tarrant coming into the Tigers, Miller. Big fan of that move and getting a, a nice, <laughs> experienced defender in to replace one of your retirees, of course. Yeah, except some nuffy cat said he's playing forward, so not sure about that <laughs> idea. I uh, haven't seen Robbie Tarrant play forward since the uh, 2010 sort of era uh, off the top of my head. But, look, he, he's been a great player for a long time and I suppose the nicest thing as well, boys, was the way the North fans sort of said thank you and they, they weren't sour. They understood that it's a transition time at their club and um, they thank Robbie for his service and he's been a great player for a long time. And um, Yeah, look, it's a really good get. Obviously, Callum Coleman-Jones going the other way is 
uh, a bit sad, but I suppose, you know, the interesting thing, I suppose, is is the pick swaps with that. So we acquired pick 40 from that and a future second. So that's pretty good. But obviously we gave up 42 and 47 and a future uh, fourth. I suppose, yeah, the North pick's sort of huge cat in terms of a future second. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's gonna... great for next year. There's Yeah. I'll... Sorry, Kat, I was just going to say, I was going to add that future second is going to be pretty big if North still sort of linger around that bottom four to five teams next year. Yeah, and early 20s you're, you're sort si- of picked off, not bad. Yeah, and you're sitting with an, yeah, you're sitting there with a pick in the early 20s. So that's not, that's not too bad. You seem to do all right with these sort of little pick trades. You, you, you got that, you got that pick trade with Geelong last year and they ended up being pick 15. And yeah. And, and now look at you, you've got a strong draft hand for both this year and next. Well, it's a good it, business to Tigers. It is. It's a great position to have. And, and it's also, you know, that trade with Geelong was good because they got homes with that pick, boys. And, and he seems to be one of the young fellas who got games and, and will show something definitely. So I think that, yeah, this, this trade excites me. I think the interesting thing about Coleman Jones, boys, we all rate him, no question, but only nine games. So, mm. um very small sample size, but I think for both parties, it's a pretty good trade. Um, it, where does yeah. where does it leave your tall forwards though? Yeah, you know, because Chol's out, Colin Jones is out. Obviously, Rewalt's not getting any younger. Lynch probably the only player that's going to be around mm. for an extended period of time, and then you've got the likes of Samson Ryan in the in the wings. He's probably about the only one really looking across your list. I would say. With that first round pick you've got, surely a, a tall forward is, is a priority now. I think definitely, Cat, for sure. Someone I particularly, I think they're going to go for Gibbous at seven if he's still there. Like that, that would be huge. I, I mean, Doc have said many times that um, Josh is going to be a great fit, I think, for the Tigers. 15, 26, and 28 are a good place to get a, get a great forward. Um, and it's obviously a, a key point to address because. I think Soldo will be in the team round one and him and Nank will rotate resting forward. But I think that we've seen Nank boys in particular is really good as getting back to mm-hmm. help the defence. So, um, look, Soldo, I thought Soldo was good when he went forward in the games he played. So, yeah, it's it's a great question, isn't it, Doc? Because, you know, Richmond have... him them and them Us and Freo, I think, would probably have the best draft hand because um, four picks within the 30 is a good spot to be. It is a great spot to be, um, and and look, I think I think there's no doubt that Richmond will be there again uh, next year. I think they've, you know, the addition of Tarrant sort of sort of solidifies that that theory. And you know, you look at the draft hand. I think they'll if they can pick the right ones, and I think they can set themselves up for um for later years as well. I, th- I think um, Gibkiss at seven, I really like. Um, you know, as we've said, Miller quite a few times off air that I think he sort of fits that sort of future, mm. that future mold with um, Grimes kicking on and and Asprey not there anymore and and Tarrant sort of coming in, but he's in his thirties too. Could Ben Hobbs um, fall to seven? Do you reckon, Doc? That's it's. I've had a lot of people ask me, and I think he'd probably be a great fit for any club. He's going to be a hell of a player, but I, I don't, don't think he's been projected top five. Yeah, I was going to say I can't see him getting past five. Yeah, I, I was. I'm, I'm thinking that too. I, between, I think you look at the top five. I think you know we know Dacos and Darcy. I think bids will be coming there as well, and then it slides down to to pick nine. And by then, guys like Finn Callahan will be off the board. Ben Hobbs, I think, will be off the board by then as well. Uh, potentially, if Matthew Johnson, if Freo overlooked Matthew Johnson, they could you could have a look at him. Mac, um, Mac Andrew Cat is a name you tossed up last week. He could be a great option. Obviously, mm. extremely athletically gifted. Um, obviously primary position is Ruck, but he could easily develop some forward craft. 
Yeah, definitely. He's played, it sounds like he's played in basically every key post across the ground and he's juniors um, max. So once he starts getting a bit of muscle on him, he'll develop into something very nice. But I think he could, any club that is in need of a tall should be looking at this guy. Like it sounds like his athletic attributes, his vertical leap, um, super impressive from all accounts. So anyone, and especially the Tigers who need, yeah, you need to get defenders in, you need to get forwards in. This guy would be a great option if he's still there, but he could go higher as well than your pick. Yeah, well, that, that's scary right. stuff. And that's the biggest thing. I think, yeah, it'd be great to see what they do with the draft because there's great talent boys across the board. And um, at 15, Doc, I wouldn't mind to see them have a look at Matt Roberts. So, look, we got good picks this year and it's a great spot to be. But there were plenty, plenty of other trades that happened. Um, the Paddy Lipinski one made Alex Doherty smile but also sad because um, at least they got something for Lipinski. You, you're very doubtful, Doc, that anything was going to get it done. And the pie said, fine, I suppose we'll actually give you something instead of a stale red roll uh, for Lipinski. So <laughs> what do you make of the deal? Um, oh, look, I, I think it's I think it's fair at the end of the day. I mean, 43 doesn't sound like much, but it adds another pick to to, to secure Sam Darcy. So I'm not not overly cut up about it. Um, I said to you, I said to you uh, last week that I think it was the initial offer was 58 for Lipinski, and given that we just uh, got 52 in return for Lewis Young, who played less games, mm-hmm. I think that I think that was an offer that you know was straight to the bin. Thought it was absolute <laughs> garbage. Um, but yeah, look, I think for what it's worth, forty three is probably fair. I would have asked for a pick in the thirties, probably mm. a little bit over. But a guy like a guy like Paddy Lipinski will walk into that team round one, and whether it's in the wing or it, whether it's in the guts, and I think he'll make an impact straight away. Um, you know, I sort of sort of had a look at somebody from the Herald Sun did their best twenty two team for uh, for Collingwood next year, and had Lipinski at the half four, and I'm thinking like, have they actually read the news or what's going on there? <laughs> Man seeking greater midfield opportunities. Yeah, yeah. You know, a side like Collingwood, who they're transitioning now. I think Pendlebury will be um not 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 in that midfield uh, midfield group for that long. Um, he'll probably be playing more outside. And Adams is you know in the prime of his career, and so is Dugowie. And I think a guy like Paddy Lipinski just helps helps with that. Oh, look! In, um, in fairness, Doc Lipinski did say in his um his first presser with the Pies that. He does still want to play some forward time, so. Uh, but I think, yeah, you're right. A more a greater midfield um, mm. presence will definitely be in the in the mix for him coming into Collingwood, yeah. and especially with all those young guys in there, they've built a great little midfield core for the future. Just, just the biggest concern I have about Lipinski, and, I've, and I have put this on the record uh, on the podcast, is his tackle. Pre- is his tackles? He, he, he's a very weak tackler. He gets broken in tackles very easily, and that's probably not. Probably just due to his, you know, nature, you know, being played on the outside mm. primarily. Primarily, but you know, the kid's still in his early twenties. I think he's got a lot of scope to improve that, and I hope he does improve that because if he does, I think he can be a really good midfielder for, for Collingwood yep. next year and beyond. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that was that was all the trades that got done across the last week since we uh, tackled that, boys. I guess just before we move on to the ones that didn't happen, um, who do we see having had the best and the worst trade periods? There were some well, teams that didn't really enter the trade at all. I was um, thinking, Kat, we should do maybe post-draft, we should do an off-season review for each team mm-hmm. and, and see how they draft and, and the Ooh, trades boy. went. So I, I, unless uh, anyone's got some rough ideas. No, I, I think I think overall, though, um, one of the consensus we sort of came to, especially with their draft hand, Freo have had a really Yeah, Freo, strong, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah trade period yeah absolutely um I, 
I'd almost I'd almost suggest North have done all right as well, considering the fact that they had they had two huge offers come to them for the for pick one, and I think everyone knows now they're going to get Horn Francis. So um, they've they've held they've held firm. They've got uh, Coleman Jones, as we said. I think he'll be he'll be in that round one team next year if he um if he has a cracking off season, uh, cracking preseason, and and look, he, he could they could be um they could be pushing to be out of that top, uh, bottom six next year. The way the way they were tracking towards the end of this year, and yeah, you know, the two picks they've got, pick one and pick twenty, and 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 Coleman Jones. I think as well, I suppose, I feel like Collingwood boys did well with what they had. Obviously, compared to last year, it was a big period in terms of getting what they need to. Obviously, there's a lot of people sad about the Max Lynch thing, but he was never going to stay, I don't think, because he knew he'd be behind Grundy. And mm-hmm. I suppose, Kat, if you think about one of the worst people, I think Hawthorne have really messed up this period. All this talk about wanting to improve the draft hand, and it was just all talk. And um, I feel like nothing eventuated from it. The only acquisition is Lynch off the top of my head and obviously Segler yeah. going out. Um, nothing happened with O'Meara. Nothing happened with Mitchell. Um, they mm. didn't go any higher in the draft. So sort of just uh, a lot of smoke and mirrors going on there, Kat. So I, I'd say Hawthorne fans would be very confused and perplexed mm. about what the expectations are for Mitchell this year. Yeah, I think well, they, they probably should have pulled the trigger on at least one of those trades. Um, but they were none, mate. They're none. I know. That, that's what I mean. Like, at least one of them to help yeah, improve exactly. the draft hand. Like, I don't know if it was the answer, just the answer to making Hawthorne better next year. They might, they might, you know, crush our expectations and do well and push for the eight. But I don't know if that's healthy for their list long-term, Doc, to do that. Like, they've got this level of young talent. Do you need guys like... Do you need all of them to stay? Because realistically, all of them have. None of them, none of the older players now have left. And unless they're planning on delisting them, which I don't think is likely, it's still going to be a very similar Hawthorne team to next year, plus Max Lynch minus a few of their youngsters that they're going to have to... All that's happened is they've taken eight years off the ruck, which is Lynch at 22 and Segler Mm. out at 30. That's, That's all that's happened. Yeah, well, you know, what do you expect from uh, Jeff Kennett? You know, he promises you the world and delivers you an atlas. Um, well, it's it's not good enough though, Doc. Really, because I suppose that feeds into the next session that that it's written here in the run sheets about you know Bruce of the Giants was a big one that you liked, Doc, and I think it was thirteen reported for for Bruce, and I think it should have happened. Yeah, well, you know, here, here's the thing that really bothers me. You know that Hawthorne went Hawthorne went to go and do a deal with GWS without actually asking Luke Bruce if he wanted to go. Yeah. And, you know, by the time, by the time you know, they asked him if, if he wanted to go, the deal was already done, but Bruce said, no, I don't want to go. Hmm. And mm-hmm. and I think that just sort of speaks to me about, you know, how, how they've run things at Hawthorne the last couple of years. And and it, it's poor footy for mine. You've always, like, I understand that they've, that they've got to sort of try and improve their draft hand. And they said that they were going to try and offload uh, players. Uh, Chad Wingard didn't eventuate. He... He's turned into um, Jordan Belfort from Wolf of Wall Street, um, trying 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 to sell us all stocks and, and shares and, and whatnot. And and Luke Bruce, I, I think that would have worked for both teams because I think, especially with Toby Green missing a lot of footy, you know, through mm. through his own doing, that they, they they're pretty short handed at small forward at, at small forward. It sort of it sort of reminds me Miller of when mm. David Teague came into Carlton. And the first thing he did was move Mark Murphy and Ed Kerno back into the centre bounce, where, yep. yes, it gave them those results in the short term, but now in the long term, you've had guys like Paddy Dow who haven't been able to get his time in the middle. 
um, and it's affected his development clearly. Um, well, and, and cost Teague's job as well, Cap. Yeah, whereas, you know, obviously Brendan Bolton wasn't perfect, but his game style and the way he was playing his players seems to be a bit more future-minded, um, whereas it looks like Sam Mitchell probably should have done the sort of overhaul, play the kids kind of style, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of these older guys still in yeah. these roles. Unless he's planned to just keep them around as depth, I think it's going to be a very similar Hawthorne 22 this year, just with some of those injured guys coming yeah. back in. Yeah, great call, Cam. Matt, Matt, I agree 100% because it, it confuses me because I think as well, uh, I suppose you can speak to Swellcat, they, they could have got Essendon involved in a three-deal sort of going there. Mm. You'd have Hawthorne, the Giants. Obviously, Hill needs to end up at Essendon. Bruce can get up to um, Giants and then they have that replacement for Hill and then Hawthorne get more draft capital. I, I don't know how they can work that out, but I suppose it comes a lot too, as Doc was saying, came down at the last minute. But yeah, it's sort of weird. Mitchell's done nothing. Like mm. it's just, he hasn't, I don't think there's a clear direction for this club because at least I saw with Clarko and we all agreed, boys, in the season review, towards the end of the year, there was a consensus that this is it, we're rebuilding going to play Kaczynski, we're going to play Lewis. Uh, when Will Day's yeah. fit next year, he'll get games. But now it's like, well, here we go. we got Amira, uh, Mitchell and Wingard who are all 28 to 31. Um, and then we've got Luke Bruce who's a great player who's 28. Um, but, you know, they're, are they in the next flag team? No. So I think it's a bit of a mess up there. But the Lobster, Lobster GWS was a flop and a half, Doc. I think that... <laughs> That was oh. just a, a mess and a half. Can I just say, boys, is Colin Young the worst manager <laughs> in the AFL? Like, there it is. There it is. Neither uh, of the deals uh, of his uh, clients got done. Both of them just seemed to make the Giants and him seem worse, <laughs> at least publicly. He's done nothing but ruin the reputation of every party involved in these trades. So you're not a fan, Cat, is what you're saying? No. I, I, would, I would argue Andrew McDougal, McDougal's running a close second there, Cat. I'm at John McDougal. I was going to say, funny you say that, Doc, because they both work for the same company. So, Well, it's just, it's just very... What, what does it say about the company then? <laughs> it's very silly because it was all talk, boys, and nothing happened. Yeah. It's ridiculous, and considering the fact that Lob was on, you know, big money anyway. Well, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. It sounded like he was going to be earning less at the Giants. I don't know if he was going to be getting more opportunity to play how he wanted, considering he left the Giants because he didn't want to play as much time in the ruck. So what? It just it just baffles me, really, how it even started discussion in the first place. Does it does it speak more of an attitude problem towards Lob then? As, as opposed to what, what 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 the manager wants, yeah, because then because then you look at you look at Lob, yeah, he wanted to go to Fremantle because he, he didn't want to play ruck, and then he, he goes to Freo and now he's still playing ruck. Mm. Yeah, it 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 doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense to me either, and it sort of it just speaks to me about the sort of player that Lob is, and I think, oh, look, without, without trying to come at him too hardly, I think he needs to really have a big look at himself over the off season and think, what can I do to be the best player I can be. And, you know, whether that's playing in the ruck, playing as a, as a pinch hit ruck, playing in full forward, you know, who knows? Uh, Justin Longmuir's got good plans for him, I'm sure. Mm. Probably in the waffle where he belongs. <laughs> um, but uh, I think this, this whole, this whole, this whole, this whole debacle about him is just that. It's a debacle. Oh. It's, it, it's him just sort of, you know, he's not happy. I want to go back to GWS where the team initially leaves and, it's just dumb. Mm. I don't get it. It's it, it's stupid. 
It's, it's absolutely stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. It's just, yeah. For me, I, I can't get past it. It's just the most mind-boggling <laughs> trade of the whole thing. But the other one as well that didn't get done with the Giants, Bobby Hill coming to the Bombers, which I was excited about, boys, and we spoke about it last week because I thought he'd be a really strong addition to our forward line, at, especially at ground level where we're probably lacking a bit of pressure and a bit of talent at the moment, especially with Irving Mosquito and Ned Cahill being delisted. But... Uh, I think I think he'd probably be in his rights to request a trade again next year, and I would hope something would get done if he wanted to do it again well, next year. that's the thing, Kat. From your understanding, was it a future second that was offered for Hill? Yeah, I believe so. I think that was the, the highest they went, and the Giants said no to that. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know if it's just a bit of ill will still from McCartney because of the Caldwell trade or probably. what's happened there, but... Look, we like to think it is, but you know, yeah, who knows? Probably. Look, the thing that's sort of sort of interesting, and it's picked up a lot of debate around social media as well, is the fact that you know he wanted to go to Victoria, you know, compassionate reasons, partner's pregnant, you know, all her family's there, mm-hmm. but then he just sort of nominates the one club as opposed to the ten. And I mean, it's an interesting point. I think there's a lot of merit to it, but like, why why would you just say then? Send me to Essendon, or I'm not coming back. Why would you not? Yeah. Why, why would you? Why would you not sort of agree? That's a good to... question. Great question. Maybe, maybe just for guaranteed game time. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I agree in in the grand scheme of things. Yes. Yeah, he's got he's got to also do what's best for his career as well. Absolutely. Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great it's a great question though from both parties. But um, yeah. Look, I, I don't know how that's going to pan out next year, but I think he will end up at Essendon at some stage. Mm. I, yeah, I feel yeah. like if he's if he's trying to get his family or be closer to family and mm. that kind of thing, I could see. I don't know. Maybe he'll have a bit of personal leave across the year or something, and or I don't know. Or they'll come to him. But I feel like when it's on compassionate grounds, surely as a list manager, you've got to try and be. I was going to say, yeah, I'm more gonna... like willing to take something a bit lower. Because then, why, why, cat, why can you accept the Fenlayson deal and, and not the Hill deal? Mm. Um, for mine because same reasons so I, I don't really I don't understand why that's happening like that but you know it is what it is yeah yeah I, I suppose it is what it is too but you know what what about the um what about the the whole Darcy McPherson thing we were talking about it last week and that mm. all sort of fell up fell fell apart all right that and... was supposed to be the initial salary dump deal for Gold Coast to bundle up that pick 19 and ended yeah. up inevitably happening with Will Brody over to Freo instead. Um, I mean, it's, as we said, it's worked out well for Freo, gain a depth player in the midfield and another near first rounder. And the, McPherson is interesting because now it leaves him in the position, Miller, where he kind of has to break back into the team's best 22 next season. Yeah, well, I don't really understand why he didn't go. Like, obviously, he said he wanted to stay, but... Um, like yeah, it's going to be tough to get back into the lineup, and they're they're literally trying to dump your salary. So you still can get that money elsewhere. Like you still get your contract. So yeah, it's, it's a tough year for him this year. He's still twenty three, so he's got. Oh, yeah, he's 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 so young. But like, I think we look back to to his twenty nineteen, especially Doc, when he had his best season for the Suns, and he was playing further up in the midfield. He's getting those touches, kicking those goals. I know when I saw him play in 2018 and I thought this kid's going to be something and then he obviously did that that season-ending injury and he couldn't get back out in the park. But, you know, he's clearly still got that level of talent. It's just whether the Suns seem in the best 22 for the future. When he was in this year, you know, he was 
all right. His accuracy mm. really suffered. His disposals were a little bit down. Um, he actually, his disposal average was better than 2020, but I don't know if he ever really cemented himself as a strong part of the Gold Coast 22 across the year. Yeah, look, it, it, I think it, I think personally it'd be tough for him to get back into the team next year, not because you know the Gold Coast want to keep want to throw him away, but I think you look at that sort of midfield depth now, and we did cover it in the season season review. I mean, it's it's quite stacked. How are you going to how are you going to try and fit him in uh, as a midfielder? Well, you know, he is playing backline at times this year, Doc. He was just thrown everywhere. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, he's sort of he's sort of thrown around in in quite a few positions mm. and. I'm not. I'm not sure if the. I'm not sure if the back line is his go. I mean, he's a good. He's a good attacking player. I wouldn't mind seeing him play more forward as as that sort of pressure forward. But you know, you look, look at his best form. You know, he, he polled highly in that 2019 season for Gold Coast and the best and fairest. So, mm. I, I think it's for mine. He's got to be. He's almost got to be a midfielder for mine. Mm. He, he, he he impacts the game really well when he when he's there and and but. You know, you look at that midfield that midfield team. That's you know, Raul Anderson, Took Miller, and David Swallow, and you know, kids coming through. Elijah Holland, yeah, Greenwood as well. You know, how are you going to how are you going to try and fit him in? It'd be tough, very tough. But if he wants to, if he's prepared to put the work in, then hopefully he can get back in. Mm. Also, also, boys, just before um just before we um go go on um Gold Coast picks for next year. Uh, you know, we were talking about draft winners. I think that they. In terms of the long term game, they win pretty big. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, future seconds from both Collingwood and Frio. They've got a uh, future third from Collingwood as well, a future fourth as well from Collingwood, and Frio's future fourth. So that's five. That's five picks already, and I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what their um what their future picks. I, I don't think they gave up any future picks. No, no, they didn't. And it's it's kind of good, Cat, because you've alluded to how they how they approach this year's off season and. Having one pick that you've just got to nail in pick three will be, I think, relatively simple. And it only adds one more player to the mix. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what they do at three. So, yeah, I think they had a, a pretty good, you know, wheeling and dealing in terms of future picks for sure. Mm. Yeah, it puts them in a good position too. If they want to try and land a big player next year, they've got all this draft capital now. Mm. And even if they have to give up a little bit more than they might want to, they've still got some picks to take later on. So they're well poised for next year, the Suns, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in that now, regard. Now, one but... person that's not worth draft capital, Cat, is the big Ruckman from North. Um... <laughs> He's not happy with this. One. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not sure, boys. Why... Yeah, I'm not happy with it either. I don't, I don't understand why they were even chasing Cherry in the first place because you got big Paul Hunter, who I thought was good in the games he played. You got the barge and you got Ryder. Yes, Ryder's kicking on a bit, but they're still playing good footy, I think. Mm. Uh, he, yeah. he wasn't going to get games next year, I don't think, Cherry. Probably the year after, once Ryder retired. Maybe says to me that they're, they're not quite as confident in Sam Alabax's development as they maybe thought they were going to be and wanted another backup option. Um, I just want to say, Kat, the St Kilda, going to St Kilda makes a little bit of sense to me because, yeah, Ryder, Ryder's getting old. And Paul Hunter, I think he was okay, but I'm not sure if he's going to be you know, their answer going forward. Yeah. Mm. Um, Cherry, oh, look, you guys know how much exactly how I feel about him as a player. But the, the one positive I do have about him is his ruck work. You know, he's a very good, he's a very good tap ruckman. He's very sound. Mm. You know, it's, it's just his, it's just his work around the ground that really annoys me a lot. He's just, <laughs> he, he's just not, it's just not the way he plays and lumbers around, and you know, it takes him a bloody, it takes him half a bloody year to get the ball to boot. Yeah, it does um, take a while. You know that 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 sort of stuff. 
you know, in a modern in a modern game in in the modern game, it, it just it's not going to cut it. I just uh, I mind. just don't get as well, boys, how you can ask for a second round pick and the guy was wasn't even getting games to get ahead of Tom Campbell at times. So mm. yeah, that that <laughs> was that was interesting. One I don't get either. No, I, 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 I like I'm a bit more um, optimistic on Cherry than I think I rate him a little bit more than maybe you do, Doc. I, I saw a bit of him play at VFL level and. While it took him a while to get his feet, once he really got into the swing of the year, I think his rut craft really took, um, really took over. And he averaged twenty six hitouts across the year. He had some big games. Deservedly earned himself a couple of AFL call ups as well. He's got a good set of hands as well, Cat. Well, he takes good marks down. Yeah, the line. he does. He, he averaged um, averaged a five and a half marks down at VFL level too. Yeah, so he yeah. gets around the ground well. You know, probably the only knock I would have had on him is he didn't score probably as much as he. Hmm. Would have liked to run the two goals across the six games um, down at VFL level. But I don't know. I think he's very much got a chance to prove himself coming into the year. The only worry is that now that they've got such of these these young guys in the mix for the ruck spot, Jake Bedwards obviously will be developing and coming up over the next few years is whether he does uh, manage to break into the side dock across the year. Because why are you playing this guy who's going to be turning 23? He's been on your list for a few years and has shown a bit, but not a lot, when you've got a young 19-year-old talent in Edwards who could really be anything. Yeah, well, that, that's another fair point too, Kat, because you know, we don't talk about Jacob Edwards. He spent most of the year doing his doing his VCE work still and <laughs> play, playing playing VFL footy in, in, in limited opportunities. Um, look, I, I think yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a fair point. Um, I think Common Jones will play now right away. Um and then sort of going from there, Goldstein's not going to get any younger. It'd be interesting to see that blend, won't it, Doc? Because we saw Goldstein float forward a lot this year and almost play as the resting forward and was good. I think he kicked the goal every two games. So, And Colin Jones said he wants to play more ruck, so it'll be interesting to see how how the blend goes. Yeah, it will be. I, I think I think Coleman Jones got a great opportunity to sort of elevate his game to the next level under the tutelage of, of Goldstein whilst he's still there. And... You know, I think maybe what? How long's he got? Uh, maybe what? Another maybe another two seasons. Yeah, maybe two seasons. I think the, people, the way, the, yeah, the way the way he played uh, this year and he broke the record, Doc. This year, no one said a word about it. <laughs> well, you, you certainly you certainly had a lot to say about it, uh, Miller, on your um, underrated yes. team. Yes, yeah. Uh, on, on Twitter, it was it was um it was fantastic. It was great stuff. Yeah, uh, he had a very good year. Um, <laughs> the the big Goldie. Uh, the last trade that didn't end up getting over the line, boys, we weren't sure how much uh, it actually went ahead in discussions, but Sam Palpepper, Miller, was chatting <laughs> to the Eagles uh, from all accounts. I think it would have been a good move given we've criticised their midfield a little bit for needing a bit more grunt in it, and we've seen him play forward role successfully this year too, um, Palpepper. So I would have thought it would have been a decent move if he got over there. Yeah, I don't know. It'd probably give the Port fans nothing to cheer about because they were booing everyone else but Sam Pepper throughout the final series. Every other player copped it. Um, so, look, I, I don't know. I think that he's probably still required at Port and contracted and whatnot. And I don't know. I don't know how he'd blend with West Coast team. He'd have to play forward because they've got no bloody small forwards besides Fine Ryan. So, look, I, I think it's probably best for him to stay at Port and um, West Coast don't have any assets anyway. We can't give you anything. We've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair. It's a fair point. I think Power Pepper. He, he seemed to have found himself on the outer quite a fair bit. You know, to, even towards the end of the year, he was mm. sort of played as medical uh, the medical sub. Quite a pretty pretty good super sub though, Doc. 
No, he's very, very handy. I mean, you know what you're going to get from him most weeks. Um, he'll, 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 he'll make the opposition hurt quite a lot if you're, uh, if you're caught, caught with the ball in your hands. And and look, some and some of the times he goes down forward and he actually does quite well. You know, he presents himself as a, as a, a real poseable threat. Mm. So, I oh, look, I, th- I think for a side like the Eagles, who sort of, I think now, I think next year's their last year, sort of similar to Geelong. Mm. Um, and I've, and I'm pretty sure I've said that quite, a, quite a few times. I think getting a guy like I love that I love that they brought in Petrovsky seat and I hope they I hope Simpson has a role for him mm. uh, next year because I think a, a guy like him could really benefit with a team like West Coast that do praise themselves on you know how methodical they are in terms of game style and structure. Um, you know, a guy like Power Pepper would would have been brilliant for them, especially forward, as you said, Miller. Yeah, for sure. I suppose the last thing, Cap, before we wrap up, was the mm. the contract news. Luke Foley got a two year extension for West Coast, but the big ones were Rourke Smith, obviously. Uh, yes, the nice big smile, and I tell you what, he earned it this year, Doc. Oh, he certainly, he certainly did earn it, didn't he, yeah. uh, Miller? He, you know, the, particularly the last half of that year sort of impressed me. He played played more on the wing, sort of playing those little run run with roles. Mm. Um, he, sh- he shut out. Ed Langdon, that home and away game towards the end of the year, uh, gave Carl Amon a bit of a touch up twice, yep. um, and also uh, Andrew Andrew McGrath as well. So yep. in in the final, so he's found himself a neat little role there in in, in Bulldogs best twenty two, and he's bloody earned that two year deal. And speaking speaking of Bulldogs, have earned their deals. Mitch Wallace, another one year extension, yes, as well. get, going until next year, which is which is fantastic. I'm not sure if that speaks of speaks about you know how highly the clubs want him but full credit him for coming out and saying that he wants to be a one club man yeah. uh, Mitch Wallace um we, we all bloody love him here at Footscray and you know a guy like him who is quite quite down to earth you know loves loves a chat with um with the uh, the public he's um he's a man that I think you know, a lot lot of Footscray would um would want Till the till the end of time. Yep. Yeah, I think he'll it'll be the kind of bloke that'll retire from the dogs before he goes to another team. Doc. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that's spot on. Um, I, I think he he's got he's he even said as well. I think it was a couple of days ago. He he wants to keep the vice captaincy. Hmm. Um, as well, which you know speaks a lot about him as sort of that sort of person, that sort of elder leader. Hmm. Good leader to have as well when you. When he says, regardless if I'm getting a game or not, I want to be here. I love this club, and yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Very you wouldn't hear course. too many players say that, yeah, no. they want to be in that leadership role if they're playing twos every week or every other week. So, yeah, that's often well, it, it's it's a similar boat to you know Lipinski. You know, he, I think his best football is still as a midfielder, that sort of burrowing in type. Mm. He's not quick. He's not quick enough to be to be that small forward, and I don't think he's he'll, he'll ever have that sort of pizzazz the way you know jack mccray and and bon pelly does mm. but i still think the way he sort of attacks the contest is is quite is quite special yep yeah no doubt well that's about every deal and everything that we had across the trade period so i think that's going to be yep. it from us we hope you enjoyed our little wrap of all the trades as they happened uh, more to come obviously with our season reviews and things like that so make sure you're catching up on all of those as we put them out like Mill was saying before, we'll crack more into the draft stuff in the off-season as it gets along. And then before you know it, we'll be at the AFLW again, boys. It's not that far away. Three months. It's uh, it's getting close. So Very exciting. Uh, I'll tell, tell you what, those uh, pre-season photos don't stop coming, Kat. It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite, quite a few from the from the doggies last couple of days. Um, yeah, Gabby, Newton wearing, Gabby Newton wearing the sling makes me sad a little bit that she's not, she's not trained, but she's still out there and... 
you know, well, good on her. Yeah, she, getting, she's, getting the girls up and about. Right, cool. She's a, she's a bloody cracking person. Yeah, <laughs> I was a big fan of the Tara Slender glow up as well. Gets into the footy preseason for two weeks and she's already covered in tats. So uh, she's gone, she's gone from the young, the young innocent girl at the Bombers to a hardened footballer in the span of a couple of months. So And, and, you, and one of our favourites right, right, as well, boys, uh, Nina Morrison, who came on the show, was fantastic. Oh, yes. the, the lovely mullet, as you pointed out, Kat, she... She's going to be uh, very aerodynamic, and she's going to. I hope she has a great season, boys. We, we wish Nina all the best, and I tell you what, she she's going to be really good to watch. I, re- I reckon Nina Morrison's bulked up a little bit just quietly. Yep. Just see, look at her arms. She's looking, she's looking mighty strong. Yep, she's looking very fierce, and I think she'll be fierce in the contest this year more than and- ever. I was also going to say just about Tara Slendercat. I reckon I reckon there's some Dane Swan areas coming about her in the next five years. <laughs> as long as it's on field and not off field, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is going to be all from us on this week's episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us across all our socials, A3 Footy Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry, on Facebook and Instagram, at A3 Footy on Twitter and A3 Footy at gmail.com. We'll have the season review still going along. There's plenty to listen to already, so stay tuned for the rest of them as they come out. Just got to say, Kat, as well, just before we go, we're, we're appreciating all the um all the all the listens so far. They've been quite consistent from the uh, season reviews to our um the rest the rest of the stuff that we put up mm. for everybody. And you know, we can't thank everybody enough for um for listening to us. You know, we, we love what we do here at A Three. We love talking talking rubbish and a little bit of factual sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, and we can't thank you enough. Hopefully, we can we can keep on keeping on. Yep. Yeah, we're tracking along. <laughs> Footy never stops, boys. Footy never stops. But with all that said, and until the next episode, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Join us for the season reviews, more off-season goodness, and the drafts not too far away. Thanks for listening.